official podcast of SoCo. This is a platform for our community of creators, indie workers, and entrepreneurs. On with the show. Welcome to the show, everyone who decided to listen. I appreciate it. Um, I'm sitting here with uh, Starlet Miller today. She's a member of SoCo. I think probably the first member of SoCo I've had on the show, <laughs> on the official SoCo podcast um, at this point. So maybe I should fix that more. But uh, <laughs> thanks for jumping on with me today, man. That's awesome. Of course. It's it's literally an honor. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel special. <laughs> um, well, first off, uh, I only know your business as, I call it SOBS. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know if that stands for anything. It does. I just I, I like SOBS better, but it stands for Star Accounting and Business Solutions. Cool. That's what I thought. Well, let's do the thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Mm-hmm. I know that's probably changing. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that too, but... What do you do? What do you? What pays the bills? Uh, that I like that question because yeah. that's that's very clear. So what has been paying the bills for the past almost five years now has been uh, Sobs, and Sobs is an operational accounting business mm-hmm. service based. I've run it solo for most of those years, and I help small businesses with their back end and workflow strategy, all things numbers. I come in as a partner to the company's uh, tax accountant, so it's not. I am not a tax accountant. Very clearly, specifically. Okay. Um, my goal has always been to help the business owner, decision maker, understand their financial health, period, mm. and their numbers, um, and not miss any details. That wow. that was, when I worked for a CPA firm, I just learned, talking to clients, uh, that they were just winging it and using their bank balance to oh, yeah. say what's happening. Oh, um, yeah. So and, and that is just not okay. And I when I started SOBS, the goal was to help... Um, make their operations more efficient from an operational accounting standpoint by leveraging technology. So, I, and what does operational accounting even mean? So, and that's a genuine question. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, and it's it's so what I have I specify it that way because I say accounting, and a large majority of folks think taxes, and Guilty. that's that's an aspect yeah. of it, but. Think about management and operations and understanding this quarter, this month, where are we? Gotcha. It's about the operations of the company and all of that data. If you're you're focusing on your operational accounting, we'll give you information for your taxes, but it's not just for the taxes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah right. That's just one aspect. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, how, I mean, how does a person become one of those people? An operational accountant? Yes. <laughs> well, the traditional route is to go to school Yeah. for accounting. I'm not sure how, I, I guess you can choose the track to uh, be public or private in the, in the accounting space. Okay, okay. Um, working for a company as an accountant versus working for a firm with multiple companies is mm. a very different experience and, and need. Um, but traditionally you go to school for it, yeah. uh, with underneath the accounting umbrella is a lot of different aspects from bookkeeping to auditing to the tax arm to, um, being a controller versus gotcha. a CFO. Like those are very different roles. Right. Um, and when we think about small businesses, a lot of that is shrunken into one hat, one oh, person, right. if that, it's um, one part of one hat. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Well, that's where. I'm actually interested in talking to you because, you know, accounting's whatever. But, like, <laughs> you decided that that wasn't something 
that you want to do for your whole life. So you started your own business. Oh, yes. Or uh, let me let me rephrase that. Working for because you mentioned working on a big team or for a bigger firm, working for someone else. I mean, at some point you decided enough of this. I'm going to go out on my own, which is a whole different thing. But I mean, why did you do that? Yeah. So honestly, Jean, the my story is um, very squiggly and and, and curvy. <laughs> if I if I had to map it out with just one line. Uh, so if we take some steps back, let's do it. Uh, my initial career path was in the arts. My goal leaving high school was to become a professional dancer. Okay. Um, I I um, had a child early. <laughs> um, I was always a working student, which means that at 18, I had a full-time job working at a bank, and I went to school, and I had my own apartment. Wow. So a lot of responsibilities pretty early, but still with that, the goal was to build up towards um, being becoming a professional dancer and going to school for business. Mm. So I also didn't value collegiate dance. I didn't understand what it meant to go to college for dance. Um, once I decided to um, have my daughter... At a very young age, I thought, okay, well, the arts is over. Um, I was very ignorant to the other worlds of artistry. And I said, well, now I need to go to school and get a big girl job and Mm. do things for the money. So then I sat down and thought, well, what major makes sense for me based on what I understood about my strengths? And I knew that I've always loved numbers Mm. uh, to the point where when I learned long division in elementary school, I used to go home and just write numbers at the top of my (laughs) composition notebook and then divide it for fun. (laughs) Sounds like an awesome evening. (laughs) That and my mom was an entrepreneur and she planted those seeds. So I've got a chance to help her in her businesses and she would leverage my skills of organizations and my love for numbers. So I knew at least at that point that I had... um, I was leaning into that, so I knew of accounting, looked it up, looked up salaries across the nation, and I'm like, okay, well, this looks like a good place to invest uh, money into a a career path and a degree. I had to take out loans to go to school, and I said, all right, well, accounting is it. And in my mind, it made sense to get my two-year degree since I had to work anyway, and I'm thinking, I get a two-year degree, they give me a pay bump, and then I get my bachelor's degree and get another pay bump, Mm. and then if I go for a CPA track, then I get another pay bump all the while working. Um, Mind you, this is like a 20-year-old brain, 19, 20-year-old brain. Sure, sure. (laughs) So um, I would say it's a very mature 20-year-old brain if you're making analytical decisions like that. uh, Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I've been older for a long time. Okay. I'm 32 right now. Old soul. (laughs) Yeah. Some, Making mature decisions. Some people are like that, man. Yeah. But necessity breeds, uh, what's the word? I don't, I'm going to get that wrong. You know what I mean? But, I mean, m- having to make those decisions, being in a position mm-hmm. where you're like, I've got to solve this problem. Right. Makes you make decisions differently than where I was when I was 20, when I was like, I'm going to paint pictures. You know, <laughs> like, that's it. You know? Uh-huh. I mean, I get it. And you said something that has rang true in my life for a long time, solving problems. So I used to do it for fun and then realized that that's just the way that I work. And Mm. now I get paid to solve problems in various fashions. So I'll shrink the story in and saying that I followed the track of education and and accounting. And since I had to work, I've worked really hard to get as close to a position in accounting as I could. And I winded up in a management accountant role here at First Citizens in okay. Columbia, South Carolina before the merger. So when the headquarters was right there on Main Street. Yep. Um, and mostly because I knew the system and I could learn pretty quickly, they need they were down three people and hired just me. Mm. Oh, 
boy. So but it was a great experience. Um, and it was one of those things like, yeah, this is great for my resume. It's a builder. And once I get this role and finish my degree, then I can negotiate my big girl salary somewhere <laughs> okay. in a big city. Okay. Um, but it was in that very position that my love and desire for the track of becoming an accountant completely died. Completely. I was... Uh, I would come into work with a salary position, meaning they don't care how long it takes for me to do the work as long as I get it done uh, with a young child. Um, and I was bored out of my mind. I, I had you. tons of work to do, tons you. of general ledgers to balance. It was also in that space that I discovered podcast. Um Entrepreneur on Fire, EO Fire is the mm-hmm. very first podcast that I started listening to okay. and hearing interviews of other entrepreneurs. I've always had this like entrepreneurial spirit. My very first company, which is I Am Art, came out of an accounting assignment. So like oh, the wow. arts and accounting, like okay. this duality for me. Well, I didn't want to sidetrack. It, it's fascinating to me that you were a dancer, mm-hmm. performance artist. Mm-hmm. Then you have this also this analytical brain of mm-hmm. like, I mean, is it even analytics? It's just like math. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. how does that balance out for you? I mean, because I'll paint a scenario. Mm-hmm. I'm not that way. I have mm-hmm. the I'm, I have this creative brain. Mm-hmm. I don't have the analytical brain. Mm-hmm. So I just wind up chasing like whatever all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and other people are the ones that are like, mm-hmm. bro, like mm-hmm. you got to make money with this. What mm-hmm. are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how does it balance out for you? I, I wasn't sure for a long time. And then it occurred to me. It's the creativity plus the analytical mm. part of my brain that equals a problem solver. Okay. So since I was young, when I think I thought back to what, what did I do for fun just as a, a child, even a teenager, a lot of it was being creative and it was mm-hmm. art projects, redoing things in my room. It was a lot of the math, analytics, mm. and organizing things. But when I was presented with a problem, whether from my peers or from myself or lack of resources, gotcha. that... Uh, I was most engaged in those moments. So I noticed that I tend to lean into where the problems were to solve it. Gotcha. Um, at the time, I didn't truly understand what that meant. And it sure. wasn't until I sat in in the First Citizens building at my cubicle, very large cubicle, by the way, but I couldn't see anyone. Executive <laughs> it <was> cubicle. Like, <laughs> it was like a U-shaped cubicle. And it was there that I was very uncomfortable, mm. but I also, it was the very beginning journey Um of me personally developing myself. So I learned about the strength finders test, took gotcha. that test to get my top five talents. What is that? What is the strength finders? test? I heard you mention that somewhere else before. Probably on, on an interview. Cause it, I can't remember where, but it's the very first assessment that I've ever taken that gave me language around what I was feeling. It's like a personality assessment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And they structure it to give you your talents, quote unquote talents. And there's a long list of talents and okay. they give you five. What those top Was that something about. that first citizens was doing? No. Or was it something you, you, you seeked out and did on your own? I heard about it on a okay. podcast. Gotcha. So podcast became gotcha. Gotcha. that point of expanding my exposure right. and information and access to information. Right. And I almost felt like, and I visualized this, after a while, like I could see myself sitting in this cubicle and almost like a, a flame starting at the bottom <laughs> of my chair. And like I am rocketing out and right. off from this place because that's how I felt. Right. So it was connecting in virtually through the content creation that a podcast was creating. And then the stories of other people, their failures, their successes, their books. And then I would 
go find them, research them, learn about this podcast that I started saying, okay, this feels good. And now I can balance out these GLs. And for me, it was somewhat mindless work to solve the number problems because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was used to doing it, mm-hmm. um, that I was able to, to do it in that place. So it was, it was there that I realized this is not for me. Cool. But it was in that setting. And uh, Brendan Bouchard is a, are you familiar with who he is? A Mm-mm. motivational speaker. No. He has or had a podcast. I'm not sure if he's still doing it, but it was like a seven to 15 minute podcast. He wouldn't script anything off the top of his head. Gotcha. He was known for um, motivating in a corporate space. Okay. He's a tremendous story that almost died like twice. Wow. All of these different things. And he talked about a story on one particular podcast and I've talked about this before in an interview, but it was another pivotal moment for me. And he talked about this guy who worked in corporate America um, and worked really hard, climbed the ladder and got to the top just to realize he climbed the wrong ladder. Oh man. And his message was, are you doing busy work or are you doing life's work? And that was another point where I felt it. I'm like, this is total busy work <laughs> like ouch yeah. yeah and it was yeah. like well what am i going to do right i shifted back into the arts i made a complete left and said okay i'm done with the counting okay gone back to the arts changed my major this is what i'm going to do i have i am art which is a creative arts center was the vision it became a company that develops creative arts programming so i spent about a year and a half in the arts and then i ran out of money okay <laughs> so i had to pay my mortgage gotcha. pay my bills gotcha. and the accounting the uh, business aspect of my resume is what paid. So I got back into that world, worked for Staples and their finance okay. center, worked for a local CPA firm. And it was in that role as in the CPA firm that my enjoyment for the accounting world was rebirthed because I started to work with small businesses. Okay. So it was working with the people and helping them solve their individual problems that really energized me. And I did it through the channel of accounting. Got you. And that's kind of what SOBS has become as well. So when I started SOBS, it wasn't because I had this like huge master plan and it's extremely profitable. It's super scalable. My TAM, SAM, some, all those things that startups talk about now, Mm -hmm. that was all figured out. And I had a business plan. Absolutely not. I understood that. I had since developed a skill. So between before I got to the CPA firm, I um, surf, surf, self-certified in QuickBooks Online mm-hmm. to add a skill. Um, they offer it for free for anyone. You just oh, wow. go through their modules, take their tests, and then you learn the software. That was sort of how I got into the firm. It's like, we really need this. Most firms are using QuickBooks Desktop for yeah, their clients. Right. Online is the future, or really the present. That's well, the cloud-based Then it was the future. Now it's the right. <laughs> So I knew I had that, and then I also knew, as far as starting SOBs, that I was overqualified to bookkeep. So it felt like a risk, but not really a risk to say, okay, well, I'm going to start bookkeeping on my own. And what shifted me from working for someone to doing it myself was two main things. I was solving my own problem, and at the time, I really needed to own my time in a sense. Mm -hmm. I still don't completely own my time. That's the that's the big secret, but yeah. Right. <laughs> but having that flexibility and if I wanted to go on a field trip with my daughter to right. not have to ask permission for right. that. Right. And it was really important. It, it, there was uh, some life changing events happening in my personal life mm. that pushed me to say, okay, you have to be present and you have to do what makes sense. And then the other part was that there were some conflicting values existing within the firm that I wasn't subscribing to and had a hard time standing up and representing 
the firm gotcha. and also yeah. that understanding. So when yeah. I got hired there, uh, the in, the expectation was that I would be an entrepreneur. I would help grow the company, and there were a lot gotcha. of problems to solve. So gotcha. I was attracted right. to that. And after a year or so, I said, "You know what? This is this is not working. I'm going to give it a try." And at worst, I go get a job. And I knew that I could at least go back to where I was. Right. And I, you know, I just gave a 30 day notice, did all that I could, documented as much as I could, and didn't send or tell any clients until like 7 p.m. my last day. Like, hey, so and so is going to take over your account. I wish you all the best. Wow. <laughs> I could buy. And that was 2017. That was uh, like November 2017. Okay. And by middle of 2018 is when I started fully full-time business developing for myself. Like okay. no one was providing me any subcontracted work or anything like that. And the first year was hard. Yeah. Like 2018 yeah. financially was hard. Mm -hmm. I was always in the black mm -hmm. because the cost for this business is very low. It's mainly my own salary. Right. But I was really poor on paper. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. really poor yeah. on paper. I run my own business, but I always pay myself. I mean, I only paid myself a hundred bucks. But right. You know, <laughs> I never missed a payroll. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's how it started. And yeah. what I initially set out to do and what it is today is slightly different. And a lot of that has to do with understanding what I want to provide in terms of service and what makes sense for Starlet to do. It's sort of two separate things, but when you're running it yourself, it's kind of one and the same. Well, the it's a cool story because, like, the the medium, like, the accounting is just the medium. Right. For you it. to do the thing that fulfills you. Right. Right. And it, it took me a long time to figure that out too. And I see that in a lot of younger um, people starting out. They 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 identify themselves by the medium. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think you have to at some point figure out where you travel yeah. around or above or beside that medium or whatever. Because you can do multiple things. Mm -hmm. I mean you can do anything anything in the world as long as it's fulfilling whatever that thing is that gets you up in the morning. Mm -hmm. You know? And it sounds like Working for yourself, mm -hmm. maybe one of those things. It 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 was, and it still is. And it wasn't until 2020 that I had um, an event happen that gut checked me to mm. be able to really say what whether or not I'm about this life. <laughs> so not to um, bring the mood down, but uh, in short, my mom got sick and passed away. In, in 2020? Yeah, in about four months. Uh, she was a vibrant 50 four-year-old woman who was think greg connector like live energy that was her um <laughs> yeah she yeah. never met a stranger uh she's super right. visionary so right. much so that i would always have to bring her down to the ground when she would gotcha, tell me about gotcha. all of her ideas like okay well how are we going to do this and what's the next steps <laughs> so she was my best friend um we were business partners in a lot of ways mm. and it wasn't covid related she got diagnosed with cancer oh man um but it was just so sudden that we she wasn't noticeably sick until a couple of months before that we got yeah. the diagnosis. Damn. So while we were all dealing with the pandemic uh, globally. Uh, yeah, that's double, double right. bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And so we, my daughter and I moved up. Well, we just packed our things and our dogs and drove up to uh, Pennsylvania. My brothers and family, uh, they currently live there and, and in, in New York. My mom was in Delaware and we were there until we had no clue what was going to happen right? Um, and what the timeline was going to look like. So after she was released from the hospital, six weeks later, they just pretty much said, you know, keep her comfortable, mm -hmm. figure it out. Um, there were no what happens. real yeah. nurses available. So I became yeah. an unskilled nurse um, overnight to deal with all of that. And it was in that setting that I couldn't really 
take care of my clients. <laughs> yeah. Right? So 60% yeah, yeah. You, you of my got- revenue was project-based. So that's yeah. one problem. The other thing was that it's service and it's on my back. Mm-hmm. And it was, I remember this very clearly. It was or reorganizing her office space. Um, as we were 10, 11 people in a 1500 square foot house, oh my brothers my and I, our children, their spouses, wow. our dogs all came together to take care of her and make it work. I was cleaning out her office and feeling that stress of, oh my goodness, what do my emails look like? Who's reaching out to me? I can't do this and that. And I think it's in that moment that I could have felt like I should have had a job. I could have had PTO, FMLA, all of these things that are quote unquote seemingly safer and not on your back as in terms of what you're in charge of. That wasn't my feeling. My feeling was I need passive income. Like this business has to have some level of passive income. And you are a problem solver. <laughs> and that was like, that was, what, that, <laughs> that was a productive like uh, piece that I got out of that entire very traumatic situation. <laughs> talk about lemonade out of lemons. Um, yeah. But that's important, I think, uh, to be an entrepreneur. I, I don't even like the word entrepreneur. No? Why not? Well, it's... <laughs> It's, it's got interesting spelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say that word and sound intelligent. Um, but no, it's like, it's like it's got its own baggage or whatever. Mm. I mean, you're talking about, uh, where am I going with this? Um, you're talking about running your own business yeah. and having to have grit, mm-hmm. right? That, that your first thought is not, oh, woe is me. Mm-hmm. I should probably have had a job. Mm-hmm. I am dumb, dumb. Mm-hmm. But your first thought was like, I got to fix my business so it supports me. Yeah. Like that mindset, I don't think a lot of people carry that mindset. And I think, you know, what's the, what's the, the fable? Like most businesses go out of business the first year and mm-hmm. you make it to year seven, you're like mm-hmm. 2% of businesses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think it's just because a lot of people lack grit. Mm. Where'd you get your grit from? I mean, what made you do that? You're not Spock, <sighs> you know, you're not, you're not a Vulcan here. You're not like, I mean, you, you come from an arts background. Yeah, but so I can I can identify situations in my life as a teenager mm-hmm. and maybe even pre-teenager where I could have could have either retreated or mm-hmm. activate with what I had available. I like that term in front of me. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I want to say it's part of my lived experience that, I mean, again, I had no clue what that could translate to. Right. And the rest is um, exposure. My mom was a a risk taker. So she born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and not the best neighborhoods, and fought to shift the trajectory for my brothers and I by leaving New York with three children and moving states away to Pennsylvania, purchase her first home, very first in her family still the only one who has owned a home in her sibling group wow. and created a pathway for her family. My grandmother, uncles, cousins eventually moved over from Brooklyn to Pennsylvania. Um, and that took a lot of risk. Now she had a lot of pitfalls in that because she didn't really know what she was doing, but her, her need and desire and courage to push for change from mm. what she knew is a part of why I, my mindset is the way that it is today. Like I, I stand on her shoulders from that place of nurture and exposure. Solid answer. Yeah. So it, it it's hard to say. Um, I, I want to say it's natural, but really it's about 
lived experience and nurture. Cool. Um, but I have two brothers, and we're not all the same. So of course <laughs> there's, not. There's, that, no, yeah, <laughs> there's something absolutely. To that too. I, I think it's a rare thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a rare thing. Most people would fall apart, you know, and justifiably so. I mean, you, you, I wouldn't be like, "You're weak," you know. Your mom has cancer, so you yeah. should be tougher. I mean, that's not the right answer. Um, it, but you know, and I, I want to acknowledge that um, being the one with grit and being seemingly the strong one out mm-hmm. of any group. It's hard. Yeah, it's lonely. <laughs> like every, every, and this is one of the things that I think has been an adjustment because for me being that strength, my mom was that for her family and her friend group. And she was my tree that I sat under. So even in the, her last few lessons that she taught me, um, I have an older brother that's eight years older. And I'm Shamar, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, but out of the three of us. I, I've all kind of almost always just in personality. Yeah, took action. It's usually what happens. So you're not the oldest. He's the oldest. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, the the only girl like within our household, and mm-hmm. my brother four mm-hmm. years younger than than I am. Um, but my mom shared with me. We so had, that was a single parent household. Yes, that's what I'm gathering. I, since okay. I was nine. Yeah. Okay. So I, at nine is when we moved from Brooklyn to Pennsylvania. You had a strong person to pattern after then. Yeah. And that there's a lot of pros to that, and there's also some downfalls depending on what I want my lifestyle to look like. But that really set the foundation, and she did the best that she could and whatever she knew, yeah. she knew how. But it's so yes, be strong, but strength is not always being hard, tough, and That's not right. feeling. That's right. So I am um, a big proponent of expressing yourself and sharing your story and finding a safe space to be vulnerable. Because to compile it is only going to create a combustion at some point, and the pressure <laughs> right. is going to build. Right. So I, there needs to be balance in that, mm. and I'm thankful that I can be grounded and I can contribute that to some of my my beliefs. Okay, um, being something that's solid, and that too is what my mom had planted. But a lot of what I've seen, so just the subconscious patterning that was picked up over time, and she provided. Now, where did she get it from? I don't know. I mean, her story is a, is a whole other ball game. Yeah. But I, I do think I just want to acknowledge that because I, I feel like just like buzzwords around entrepreneurship and like being strong or the strong one, I believe could isolate people who really yeah. need it. And and if there have been many moments where I, I could lean in, and I have had people that I can lean into. I agree too. I I really hate the um the hustle, mm-hmm. like nomenclature and the grind and mm-hmm. I, like it's like whatever, man. Like. Like, I'm tired. You know, yeah. like, it's okay. It's okay to be tired. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be pissed off. It's okay to be give up on something. You know, it, it's all valid. That's the problem with, I'm going to use the word entrepreneurship again, or, or just running your own thing or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, one, it's lonely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And two, there's no book. No. Like, well, there's like thousands of books. But, but like, there's no right or wrong answer, mm-hmm. you know, to, mm-hmm. to, to push on strong and hard is a valid answer and to quit is also a valid answer. Yes. And that's where it's confusing. Yeah. And you know what, Jean, sometimes it's the smartest and the strongest thing you can do mm-hmm. is quit is yep. no, no when it's time to let go. Yep. Now. And again, that, that can go off on a whole nother. That's a rabbit uh, hole. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But <laughs> it's, so I agree. And, mm-hmm. and this is where I'm a huge, huge proponent of do the work on yourself as an individual. Like my story started off with mm. in at the, at First Citizens in that cubicle. Taking that personality where, test. Yeah. Taking a test because we did there? Yeah. 
For me, it was what gave me the language. Yeah, that's and cool. And maybe not strength finders, and maybe it's something else. But yeah, it took in in that season of my life to do a lot of analysis around. Well, why did I make these decisions? What did this look like? Think back through my childhood, through yeah. trauma, through situations to build up myself to be prepared for whatever's coming next. Whether it's leading a team, running something solo, working for another company, working with other teams, or just understanding that. I, my personality type and what I really need is to be a support. Oh, okay. We need those people too. Right, right. So understanding where your strengths and your limitations are is so important. And it's a tool that you, that'll transfer between business and personal relationships across the board. And then I believe it creates a fruitful life. If you're in alignment oh, right. with what makes sense for you and what's natural to you, you get more out of what you're doing yeah. and you give more yeah. just naturally. Like just think of anything that has a lot of friction versus no friction. Yeah. It's going to go further, longer, faster. Deep thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my bad habit. I like to break the break the stress of a conversation. Um, wow. But but the thing is, though, that's a really hard place. It's really difficult for people to find that to get there. You know what I mean? To get where? To this place where you understand I need to make changes. Mm. Right. You're like, nah, it's easy. It's not easy. But a lot of us know it. The The question is, are you going to ignore it because of whatever reason? Family, society, you thinking that this this prescribed notion of you're doing what you're supposed to do, whatever that looks like. I can, I would bet some money, mm-hmm. not a lot of money. <laughs> I would bet some money that a lot of us, if we listen mm. and lean in to our own feelings, and it's this is an individual activity, and you feel it. You feel it. You may not know what to do about it. Now, that may be the the, the point of like, okay, I noticed this now what to do. Yeah. But just like entrepreneurship, there's a ton, there are a ton of books. There are a ton of self, self-help, whatever. Right. Um, the DISC assessment, Strength Finders assessment, mm. love language assessment. <laughs> like there's yeah, so yeah. many things there. Yeah. But I, I believe the difference between people who don't take action and live a life that's painful and less fruitful versus those that take the route of developing Mm. the difference between the two is taking action to seek and find how do I solve this problem for myself? Some, sometimes it takes some of us to be in a lot of pain or to go through really traumatic situations or have a breaking point. Some of us, it's just natural to be learners and and looking and searching and researching. And we have too much information in our heads and may not feel enough, but it's, it's a part of the journey. It's a and it's a part of maturing. I'm sure. I dig it. At 20, although I, I there was some maturity, there was still like mental development. It just I wasn't quite there yet. So it takes time. Yeah, I, I challenge kind of that notion of it's hard. Eh, yeah, it, the hard part is taking action and knowing, like being able to take that step. That's right. But we all feel it. So like, if you're listening to this and you felt uncomfortable in your day to day, whatever, there's something to that, and you should explore it. That's that's my opinion. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to quit in the middle of this podcast. I'm just kidding. Um, no, cool. So uh, I just want to make sure we get through um, where you are now. Mm-hmm. So get me from that mm-hmm. <laughs> to uh, just, I mean, it's the right term. You just graduated from a startup accelerator. I'm using the same 
term kind of described the same thing? I don't know what to call it anymore. We can call it a graduation. Okay. Although, like, there was no ceremony yeah, yeah, officially. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, okay. in 2021, we're in 22 now. Yeah, I don't even know what year it is anymore. Yeah. So, I so tracking with the timeline of 2020, mm-hmm. right? Realization about the business, situation with family. The top of 2021, my focus was passive income. So, I started thinking through what can I use that I already have and transition into a product to sell it. Oh. And I explored a few options. I was even thinking about courses and I started looking into um, e-commerce and creatives within the e-commerce space because in 2020 they grew significantly. Right. Yeah. Everyone's on Etsy. Everyone's selling yeah, something. I'm trying to figure out how to survive. Right. And yeah. a, a lot of my clients have been um, art artists and understanding how they their brains work and what they need in terms of their financial reporting. I can relate to and understand, and I know they they really don't have their account infrastructure down down pack. Like Shopify is not your accounting system. I'm gonna go on, yeah, and say yeah. <laughs> probably not. So I was searching through <laughs> Etsy to gain more insight around their back end system, and stumbled upon um, a snowball calculator spreadsheet for sale for seventeen ninety eight or something like that. Snowball calculator. Yes. I think it's a Dave Ramsey thing. It's a, like the way to pay down. Oh, your debt. oh I got you. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm tracking now. But the shop- told you of my brain is <laughs> right sided, which is the analytical side. I think it's left, well, okay. but well, I could be wrong. My brain is largely there. So. Uh-huh. No, it's, it's okay. Continue. But- I, I was surprised, Gene. Huh. A spreadsheet on Etsy for sale? Like, people buy spreadsheets? Yeah, that's weird. I thought it was... I didn't think of it. Because for me, I live in Excel. I enjoy it just like my division problems. Once I learned Excel, I was self-taught. I started looking for formulas and creating it myself. So, of course, I'm like, oh, well, people... They may not know it, but they can do it themselves. No okay. one's going to find value enough to buy it. This spreadsheet in particular wasn't a concept that the person or company created... That's a framework. Mm. What they provided was the platform and a tool for you to use. And it was aesthetically pleasing. So there was colors. There were some graphics. Well, there's value in not having to go teach yourself this concept and then teach yourself how to build a spreadsheet and then teach yourself how to enter numbers. I mean, I guess there's a lot. Dude. Yeah, I would pay for it. And now I know. So when I I saw that and I saw the quantity that was sold, it was over 2000. Wow. Um, downloads. Wow. Now I can't assume that the rate was always seventeen, but when I did the math on that, it was over thirty thousand dollars. Legit spreadsheet within a couple of years. Yeah. So I was, my mind was blown at that point, and I'm like, how can I take wow. what I do already in calculating in my one-on-one service with my clients and make that a product? So I essentially created a, a spreadsheet. It took longer than I wanted to, <laughs> and it was reverse engineer your goals from a top line view. So I created a three-page. Um, Spreadsheet that help you say, this is what I make, this is what I want to make at a gross level. And then on the second page, it allowed you to choose a method for your benchmark. So uh, monthly, uh, quarterly, half year jumps. So if my, I currently make 100000 and I want to make 200000 within the next 12 months, whatever that period is, you plug that number in and the, the spreadsheet would calculate for you what you need to be at each month, each quarter or half year huh. to track along. Yeah, yeah. And then the third sheet was a tracker that you would plug in your numbers for your services and some of it was automated. You would just put what your revenue lines are and then gotcha. each month what we made and then it'll tell you if you're on track, off track, stay focused, at a, an average for the 12 months and then even for your method mm. that you chose. So if I chose quarterly track and I select that on my second sheet, that information will go to the third sheet. And for the green light, red light, like you're on track, off track, was based on that second sheet. 
Okay. So it was, That's it was, intricate. Yeah. <laughs> Elegant. <laughs> and I, I, that was the work that I did to try okay. and make this effort happen. And along the same time, I learned about the Visible Hands Fellowship Program. Okay. And I was nominated for it. So at first I was skeptical. How do you get nominated for a startup accelerator? Is that what it is? Like a like a business accelerator? It's specifically for tech startups. Okay, tech yeah. startup. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, they were marketing, and someone knew about it, knew about me, and felt like I would be a good candidate for it. I so got they you. Nominated cool. me Very for cool. it. Uh, was reached out to and had a, a you know conversation with one of the general partners about what is this? Mm-hmm. What does it look like to learn more about it? Um, and at first, I'm thinking. I mean, for years I've said working in um, cloud-based solutions that are op- for operational accounting or just operations, I've spent a lot of time trying to connect these applications to make an ecosystem for my mm-hmm. clients. Because the goal is to leverage technology to make things efficient and effective for them. The goal is like if I can make a team of three run like a team of ten, then that's success for me. So I've tried doing that on various levels. And there's there have been many times where I said, man, I wish I knew someone who can build this one aspect that's just not working through the APIs. Like, this, there's just one piece. <laughs> I need custom made. Got you. So with this opportunity for the fellowship program, the uh, what they offer is 25k pre-seed for the 14 week fellowship program. They're accepting pre-company, pre-idea applicants. Wow. Um, the goal is that they take you through the framework, they give you access to the network, and that you have the community, and you can start working on building a startup. Visible Hands' goal is to target the quote-unquote underserved in the, the VC-backed tech startup space, and that's BIPOC and women. Okay. So that's the focus. That's the qualifier. Um, and you don't necessarily have to have one or even be technical. I am not technical. I now know. I would no. say you are, but sure, go for so it. I've learned that I'm, my mind is product-based, but cool. I don't code or yeah, like build whatever. that type right, of technology. Right, right, right. But in a very raw way, yeah. I, I, my brain works with the data flow mm-hmm. um, because of my experience. So after the conversation that I had, I, it, I mean, I was concerned because that means that I have to pull my time away from what's paying my bills. Right. And what does that look like? And at the time, I was just starting to train an account manager to do some of the maintenance work for my clients. Um, so, but after my analysis, I realized, well, I can start the process. I don't have to say yes until they offer it to me. <laughs> and they had a six-layer vetting process, yeah. which was pretty intense. Right. So you're like, I got to get it first. Yeah. Right. And But one thing I learned from talking to the general partner was I was really excited about what she shared. And I knew... At the worst case scenario, I go through this program and I don't come out on the other side with the company. I know that I would I would have learned something. That's a, yeah. And I was at the place where I felt really stagnant as an entrepreneur. I was spending years of doing the thing and not yeah. really learning right. enough and just being bogged down by the task. So I said, okay, yes, I'll do it. I'll just start the process. And I promise you, at every level, when I was graduated to the next level of vetting, <laughs> I felt accomplished because there were That's over awesome. 910 applicants. And wow. on some of the inquiry calls, listening into what they were talking about, this tech VC startup world language that I was like, I, I don't understand half of what you guys are saying. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to be stretched because yeah. right now I feel very stressed because yeah. I don't understand. And that's a good place to be. And that's when you know, okay, it's time to level up and push yourself and go back to school, if you will. Cool. So I was thankful by June to be offered a spot. So we they had 910 applicants and, and offered 51 spaces. That was June 2021. Yes. Cool. Yeah, that's when we found out that okay. we were moving forward. All so right. at that point, I started scaling back on Saab's business development. I had my account manager in place. 
some of the clients that still needed me and was able to do both at the same time. Uh, we met in Tulsa, Oklahoma for our orientation week, and all of the 51 folks on the cohort went from profiles on the screen to actual people in the space. It was really amazing. Yeah. We got a chance to experience Tulsa around the you know 100 year mark of the um, the big fire and learn about what they're doing. They're in that space. They're really trying to. They feel like Black Wall Street can come back and yeah. investment. Um, wow, firms I forgot are, that was. 100 year and it's mm-hmm. crazy it was amazing cool. to experience yeah. well yeah. not you know what i mean yeah i know exactly what you mean so it was oh, yeah it was great memory but yeah i get it and for me it wasn't it was a learning then because i i, I didn't really learn about that in school most of us did not get enough no, information about teach what that. happened no right so to have that experiential learning i, think I got maybe 10 years on you we yeah well i gave you my age so no you know. way yeah. well, i'm not giving you mine but. <laughs> you did i can do math <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> Um, so I'll yeah. fast fast track that and say the fellowship was amazing in experience, challenging. I spent be. some time chasing my tail, right. trying to, and we think about entrepreneurship and manuals. I thought, okay, I should know what I'm doing, but I have no idea what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. And the fellowship program, the cohort was diverse. Some folks that were already raising funds, already have products, mm-hmm. and some of us who didn't even have the idea just yet. So and and it was visible hands. First cohort, right? So they're a new Oh, so they're new. Okay. Yeah. So it, there was a lot of learnings coming out of it. Um, but what I was able to do is decide what is it that I want to build, at least to get started. Um, I learned about no code. Um, I was able to build an MVP application that's currently being used by an organization here in Columbia, South Legit. Carolina. And at least get the initial framework of my, what my theory is. I left there with a clickable prototype of my design that... I designed on uh, digital paper, and they helped me to create the prototype as well as a landing page. So what I left out of there is this idea um, in a startup called Transity, your your dashboard of clarity. So with, with what I've us. already <laughs> – I think a lot of us do in many, many ways, but in particular, this one is really for the business finances. Oh, yes. I can help my problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't that's, know. Well, that's incredible. Yeah. So that that's like in a nutshell, high level, what has incredible. happened and where I'm at now is really doing the research around the beachhead, which is the um, target audience you start off with in building your startup, building out a team and making sure I'm really clear on who I'm building for and what it's going to take in those incremental steps. So I yes, I want to build a, a company that is profitable and it's not on my back. Yes. I also want to make real change. And I'm leveraging the years that I've spent working in this space. And I I had to do the work when I went through my founder story. And I realized that my the core of my goal now has not changed since I left the CPA firm or one when I was there. I really just want to help the non-accountant understand their finances truly. And the way in which that I've worked, even in my service-based business, I educate my clients when they work with me, even though they're like, we trust you, we're paying you, yeah, but, you yeah. got it. But I'm like, okay, yes, but I, I want you to want to work with me, but not need yeah. me because you don't understand what's yeah, going on. Right. So, I'm not going to be here forever. Trust me. I'm a human. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Knock, knock. I, something could happen. <laughs> if well, nothing else. Yeah. Um, that's, that's awesome. So where are you now in the process? Um, you were in in June, but like graduated like what is where are you now yeah so the program started in september ended in december of 2021 so we 
we're still fresh off of the the cohort. Where I'm at now is no, it's March. You should be done. <laughs> right, <laughs> tax season. Sobs, uh, <laughs> sobs at the forefront. Yeah. Um, where, so where I am, where I am today with Transity is finalizing some research around who and what should be built first. Okay. So I chose nonprofits as my initial beachhead, and that was after doing some analysis through what I learned. My project work with Sobs to be is really case studies. So I've worked with 60 plus companies over the span of Sob's um, existence. And that's one-on-one because it was service-based solopreneurship. Mm -hmm. So that's the benefit. And what I have because of that is customer empathy and an understanding of what's really needed on the back end. Now I need to be able to pull it up at a macro level and understand how, what that means for growing a startup. Uh, When I look back at my projects to decide what do I start building and where and why I found that the nonprofit clients that I've worked with had the largest gap as far as technology is concerned for their operational accounting. We spend a lot of time filling in the gap with spreadsheets and a lot of conversation for them to be able to effectively report throughout their year where things stand for their organization. And I'm sure there's a lot of conversation that's the same. You have a a set of stuff you probably do every time. Yeah, Yeah. there is. And it's really infrastructure. the, The nonprofit clients I've worked with, I've told them I don't specialize in this space, but what it sounds like that you lack and you need is an, uh, your infrastructure setup. Mm-hmm. You need a reboot and to set up the framework to organize your data to get you the output that you need in your reporting. So even in doing that, like, yes, we can clean it up, yeah. allow QuickBooks Online to give us what we need. But there's an aspect and a nuance to nonprofits and other companies that may have stakeholders or co-ops mm-hmm. where you have to report at various details at any given period throughout the year that most for-profits don't have to worry about. Like basic P&O, balance right. sheet yeah. for a for-profit, and yeah. we're good to go. Yeah. But the nonprofits have to speak to, and even one that's 200000 a year, so not really making a ton of money, yeah. they have to be able to speak to their operational status, money coming in and going out, right. big picture, programmatic, each program, mm-hmm. and if they're receiving grant funding, the pots of money that's coming right. in, where did that money go and what, mm. what the actuals are. And we've got the initial budget for the fiscal year, but the reality is, especially with a pandemic, you can set out to do X and you have to change those programs or events and things that affects your numbers. Got you. So how do you handle a living, breathing budget where you have to say, what's my budget versus actual for big picture, programmatic, and these grant funds? Believe it or not, as big as Intuit is, QuickBooks Online is not equipped to, to do that comprehensively. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't think so. Their budgeting feature yeah. is, it's, yeah. if you haven't seen it, check it out. I've, it's I've, terrible. Yeah, the, the desktop version was pretty bad too. But, um, so, but they, don't, they don't tout themselves as a, as a budgeting thing. Well, they tout themselves as we'll do everything for you, but it's, at well, this it's point, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's also HR too yeah. now. Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, I know. Like, please. Um, wow, that's yeah. a lot. What's your why behind what keeps you everything? What makes you get up in the morning whenever you don't want to? I mean, you said a lot of stuff over the past 45 minutes. Is that how long we've been talking about? Like why you like helping people figure things, but like, what's your why? Why do you, why do you do what you do? I value autonomy and that's why I'm an entrepreneur. Essentially. I like to, be able to own uh, good or bad what it is that I'm doing because I can be accountable for it. So that's why I, I wake up and push forward with these businesses, whatever that is. My bigger why for pushing for financial success 
is because I firmly believe that my daughter and her, the generations to come, deserve opportunity. The opportunity that maybe I didn't have because of lack of resources. Mm-hmm. The opportunity my, my mother definitely did not have. So the same, um, the same action of shifting trajectories, 180, 180, 180, that's the goal for me. Mm. And the ability to financially scale doesn't tend to happen with a W-2 alone. Oh, right. Absolutely not. I've officially generated way more revenue than a company has ever paid me and probably will will ever pay me based Mm -hmm. on what's on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, So all of that in consideration, even when I don't feel like it makes me get up in the morning to push this thing forward. And I firmly believe that when I said, when I decided to start sobs outside of my solving my own problem, I was really excited to offer and develop a culture that other people can work for. And it feels really good for them. Like I'd never want anyone to feel like I felt at the bank because I was in the wrong position, not that they did anything. So that was another driving force to build the company bigger than me. It's like, I want to be able to give another person the ability to work remotely and do something that they love and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, it's, it's really about, Autonomy, essentially, and that's why I'm an entrepreneur because I could make it a little easier for myself and have someone make the big decisions. Um, and because financially, I do want to be wealthy. Yeah. Because not because I want all the cars and all the beach houses, which I do deserve a beach house, but, but because I believe that we, I firmly believe that we deserve opportunity. And money is a tool. Yeah. It's not that deep. Um, I don't care for materialistic things. I currently spend most of my money on traveling anyway <laughs> for exposure and experience. Got you, got you. But there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to give my daughter access to information and opportunity when she deserves it. And I don't want her working at 18 to pay her apartment bills. Right. She should have some passive income right. already. What? What does that mean? Uh, my goal is to give her passive income, hopefully through real estate investing, uh, and be able you. to say, here's a, a, a small salary, and you, you have the option to do what it is that makes sense to you huh. at this age where there you she shouldn't have any responsibilities like children or husband right. <laughs> in well, her early 20s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But there's something about having access to resources that frees you. If you think about stories of, of wealthy families, like... They get a chance to play with money because they have access to money. And then they learn how to multiply and actually use it for their good. Right. I always like to read down the the story Mm -hmm. with people where we're like, look at this great entrepreneur. This Mm -hmm. guy is like brilliant. And I'm like, you started with like this giant trust fund, bro. Yeah. Like. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying you didn't figure some stuff out, but like you had a pretty big leg up. Yeah, that's awesome. Then that's a different Mm -hmm. position to be in, right? That's strong. Yeah. Strong. So you are coming out of Visible Hands, which uh, I'm going to say specialize. It's not <laughs> it's not the right term. They they focus on you say BIPOC and, and uh, people of color. That's not what I'm talking about. Like women. BIPOC. Women. Yeah. yeah. Um. Th- does that kind of drive you with the things you just said with your daughter? Is that something you're? Is that part of your why? Uh, the BIPOC community. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you care? Yes. And because I come from that community mm-hmm. and the systems that have been in place for a very long time that we come through is a part of what I'm fighting against mm-hmm. and looking to strategically shift 
aside um, and work along with the systems that exist too because I, I can't fight or change that as one person and, and really see the fruits of it. Right. Um, yeah, it's a big but, fight. <laughs> right. But recognizing that I gave birth to what's going, she's going to become a black woman, mm-hmm. right? Um, I am a woman of color. Mm-hmm. Um, for the right, I don't identify as a black woman because I'm black and Puerto Rican. <laughs> so I'm, I'm mixed, but I recognize that the world may see me as a woman of color or a black woman. Well, I hate to break it to you. You're not a white dude. I am not a white dude. I don't know when you figure that out. But <laughs> if if today is your first day knowing that, then no, I I feel it. I feel it. But so that is a part of the driving force of getting getting her to a place and her family to a place where they have access yeah. and and can use the tool of money. Not that that's going to solve all the problems. It, it really is not because it, it simply is just a tool. But it is a part of it. This is a part of our lived experience. Yeah. Well, you had a great model, it sounds like, in your mom, sort of leading that. And you now know how to not only be that person, but you know the impact that those little eyes that are looking at you. I don't know how old your daughter is now, but I always She's say that. She's 13. Yeah. So. She's going to be 13 this month. That's a great age to smack them. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I've got a Go Thanks for soon the permission. To be, <laughs> soon to be 19, and I've got a soon to be 16-year-old. So oh, wow. They know everything there is to uh-huh. know about anything. Um, and know nothing <laughs> at all. Well, they're pretty smart, but um, not that smart. Well, I didn't know anything. But it's, I mean, it's its awesome to have that that um, ability to see that. Yeah. You know? Um, I give you a lot of props for that. That's not easy. It's not easy to, it can't be easy to take that mantle on, you know, to just be like, look, I just want to hide. Mm. You know, I don't want to go to this stuff today, you know? And sometimes I do. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's, I do. Mm-hmm. It's important. And that's why I ask, what's your why? I mean, mm-hmm. everybody gives these answers, you know, like, well, I like helping, you know, this industry work on this problem. And it's like bullshit. You know, that's just what you figured out that helps you get there. But mm-hmm. you know, it's like we said, the accounting is the medium that you work in. You know, mm-hmm. there's got to be something deeper. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I have a, I do have a heart for helping people. That was cool. true in middle school where I was a Conflict resolution counselor for my peers. In middle school? Yeah. Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I was like, what? I, I don't know uh, who came up with the program, but I got selected. To oh, it was a legit program. It was, yeah, legit. So like, there <laughs> I was thought a you were conflict. just making it sound like. No. There was, I, I was, broke up a fight in fifth grade, and therefore I am a licensed counselor. No, no <laughs> not, not licensed. All my friends said that I would become a counselor, but not huh. really. But no, they if there was a, an issue between students and it wasn't appropriate for principal or assistant principal like nothing major happened yeah, yeah. they would call on the conflict resolution managers we had a sheet talking wow. through sit them down no talking over one another let's talk through this god bless you that's um, crazy i don't even know how it happened but it I happened didn't know that in was the, a thing prior to that i didn't either okay ironically enough we used to do it in the, the art room okay <laughs> my favorite room to be in. okay that's cool yeah so i, I mean cool. there there is still that so in a lot of what I, I do just in life and who I am, it, yeah. there's I, I naturally have the the, the desire to yeah. help other people in some capacity. So right. it's a if we just talk about me as an individual outside of all of what I yeah. do, that's a that's a major threading yeah. for me. And it's how I, I show myself I in dig the world. It. I think that's where your depth comes from. That's something I noticed the first time I met you and mm-hmm. heard people talking about you walking around the hallowed halls of SoCo. Um <laughs> Is that, and I think I think a lot of people get caught up in identifying their worth with the thing that they do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I didn't get that vibe from you. I dig that. Um, you know, someone asked me as I talked through. I have a accountability 
partner who's been a, an entrepreneur for over 10 years. Um, and we, we often meet once a month. We have this like a brain trust meeting, check in, how are things going? Um, and we were sharing some of our frustrations around these service-based companies and uh, the struggle of putting things on your back. And I explained <laughs> some of where I was in trying to evolve these companies so that I can actually grow them. And he asked me, um, well, what would it look like to reinvent Starlet? Mm. And that would that is still something I'm working through um, because we you, you and the reason I, I said this was you mentioned how we identify ourselves with the thing that we do. Mm. Um, what if we do pause? Because in, in the, all reality, all of what I've been doing is not like it's super passion and it's exactly what I've, I'm here to do. No, I've leveraged what I've been mm-hmm. doing to get to that next thing. Mm-hmm. But what does it look like to pause? Scrap it all and start over. And does would it look like a Sobs 2.0 or is it transity? And asking that real scary question. Or maybe it's something completely different in a completely different field altogether. Scary. It is. But you got to know what that thing is. You got to know what that, I call it my why. You know, I, you got to know what that is. You got to identify that. And that will carry you through yeah. a lot of stuff. Because yeah. um, again, what you do is just the medium, yeah. how you, I don't know, fill your soul. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's important. You talk about working on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's never done, is it? No. <laughs> no. Just like. Have you taken your personality test again recently? Not strength finders, but disc assessment became okay. my new study. So cool. I have, last time I took that was August 2021. Oh. Yeah. So and cool. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the disc assessment, Mm-mm. but Mm-mm. it goes through um, one's behavioral preferences as they deal with the decisions and solving problems, interacting with people, their pace and support level, and their caution, procedures and protocols, how they want it to be put onto them. Mm. And the assessment that I use is um, through Intermetrics, and their reporting is really awesome and comprehensive, and it tells you your scores in those quadrants, four quadrants, and what they are naturally and what they are adaptively. So how you oh, are cool. when you're being authentic mm-hmm. to yourself and how you are when you think someone's watching you. And when there's a large gap, <laughs> up or down. Hey, that's, that's a real telling. thing. Yeah. That's a real thing. Who are you when you're alone? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when there's a free flow. So yeah, it, yeah, to answer your question, yes, I do continuously. Yeah, you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, that is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm just messing with you. It's, it's impressive. Yeah. I'm impressed. Um, everything you described, I think a lot of people would not do. They would give up or, mm-hmm. I don't know, seek comfort, you know? Like, that's what we do. I mean, you're talking about, you know, going out on your own versus keeping this, you know, job. Mm-hmm. They're both valid answers. Yeah. Um, but the something that makes people seek non-comfort you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. thing that drives you. I think that's the heart of being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And we need entrepreneurs. So I'm, I, I need to build a team. So I need someone well, who yeah. really wants to I'll tell you, my wife, my <laughs> wife gets, she gets very uh, animated with me. Um, <laughs> when there's, you know, because I used to produce these conferences. They're inspirational, aspirational, leadership related. And, you know, there's a bajillion um, podcasts about it. And they, you know, it's like, follow your heart, quit your job, do the, take a big risk. And it's like, I've done that my entire life because my wife had a very stable Uh, thing. So therefore I was able to do that without 
really taking the risk. And she gets very animated. She's like, look, that's not everybody does that. Yeah. You know, she's like, I do this and I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, but that's sort of the problem with life, right? Is that there's no right or wrong answer. No. They're, all the answers are right. I mean, yeah. as long as you're not infringing on someone else's dreams or whatever, yeah. what you do is cool as long as you're cool with it. Yeah. You know? What helps to... Um what helps to sober me up or put things in perspective is I ask myself often and for a variety of reasons that if today was my last day and I had the opportunity to actually be conscious and think through how I feel about my life before I take my last breath, would I regret what I've been doing Damn. in the moment? That's deep. And the same thing is true with relationships, the conflicts. Mm. I ask myself if this person or if I were to leave or if they were to leave the earth tomorrow, is that problem really that serious to be upset or to not speak with them? And that'll sober me up quickly. It does. That's cool. Um, not that you tolerate nonsense, but at least right. to like not yeah. sit in your ego. But that that has been really helpful. And even when I'm I'm not where I want to be, but I keep asking myself, what, okay, am I still doing what feels good to me and it still makes sense? And I'm still being a great mother. Because I care a lot about that. And I check in with my daughter. Do you, I, I've asked her many times, do you wish that mommy had a job and I wasn't mm. working all the time? And she'll say, no, I just can't wait till you can hire someone. <laughs> so I try to check in where it matters at home, too. That's important. That's important. You yeah. have to be all in the same boat. Yeah. Because you are. Yes. Until now, what she thinks is she can create her own little boat well, that's, and yeah. leave and come back. You created a monster. Well. <laughs> you hope you hope you created a monster. Yeah, I just have, I have to thing. deal with the wrath until she matures enough. But yeah, that that is true. It is very true. That's what you want, man. Yeah, you want you want to set them up and watch them do some cool yeah. stuff, and they'll, they'll inspire you right. at some point. Oh, and she already does. It will happen. Yeah, and I'm I'm open to it. I learn from her often. That's how you know you did a good job. Yeah, it's awesome. Any parting theories, thoughts, comments, complaints, concerns? Whatever. Uh, my if if, it, if, I, if I can just say one thing that I, I think would could translate into many aspects for any one person's life, it's to lean into those gut feelings that you have, do the work to figure it out for yourself, and mm. it will the ripple effect will happen within your nucleus circle, micro macro life. Fight to do what makes sense to you because. Time is not only precious, but mm. this rat race of hustle and bustle for no real reason is is fictitious. And you deserve to live a life that you get something from, but mo- more importantly, that you get a chance to leave fruits for the people around you and behind you. Because we really don't know. And it's really arrogant of us to think that we have time. We, we you, you do not know. Mm. <laughs> so whatever you're feeling, lean into it. Google has a lot of resources. Go at least try to figure it out. And I promise you, you won't regret starting the journey. And don't don't even overthink where, you, where you're going to land. <laughs> I have no idea what five years will look like for That's me, right. but please lean into that. If you take nothing else from, from my story, I wholeheartedly believe that whatever that looks like for you is, is necessary and is needed. Wow. That's inspiring. All right. Um, I'm going to put links to where everybody can find you. Okay. You got sobs.co. Yes. S A A B S dot C O. And there's some other resources. Where can people find you? I am active on LinkedIn at um, I am Starlet. This S T as in Tom A R L I T T. 
I'm also on LinkedIn, but honestly, if you Google Starlet Miller, all of my links pop up <laughs> thanks to a unique name. Um, I and am, somebody did you a favor. Right. My grandmother. <laughs> I'm launching an interview series to speak with more folks that are working for the nonprofit sector or serving them financially, strategically. So interviewing100.com is another platform to go Sweet. to to either sign up or recommend someone to be interviewed. It'll also be published if you want to or just do a Q&A. And I'm looking to talk to 100 folks in 100 days. So if you know of anyone, please help me reach wow. this goal. It's really a challenge. Um, and I just want to help share the stories of these organizations and folks that serve the nonprofit sector while I'm also understanding what they really need so I can build something for the need and not just for the sake of building. Wow. Inspirational. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for talking. Thank you for inviting hey, me on, on your platform. I Absolutely. really appreciate it, Gene. This has been we'll Do it great. again. I'm going to check in with you. Please do. We'll see you in another six months where, where things are. All right. We'll hold you to it. Bye. Bye.